Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Fancy File Podcast. I am your host, Greg DeScott. Now, let me tell you a bit about the Fancy File Podcast. It's Christian. It's a podcast. There it is. <laughs> we talk about the Bible. Yay! If you are looking for a podcast that talks about the Word of God, no nonsense, no beating around the bush, you have found it. If you don't like podcasts that talk about the Bible, that don't beat around the bush, maybe keep listening, but you might you might get a little uncomfortable, and that's okay. We want to challenge you. We want to stretch you. We want to take you out of whatever theological position you're in and maybe help you realize there are other opinions out there that godly Christians have that you might not. I have with me today a few co-hosts that can... That are going to help us with t- today's episode. We have Mick. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. He looks wonderful. Thank Sometimes you. I wish we could film it and show everybody Mick. Oh, one day. Maybe season three. Maybe. We'll see. And we also have Melanie with us. Melanie, how are you? I'm really good. good. I'm really happy to be here. Um, well, that's good. So we have a roundtable discussion at the rectangle table. We'll call it roundtable, but it's not exactly round. Not yet. Um, we've been going through a series on Revelation. Now, before we get into that, like and subscribe us on Facebook. Uh, find us at the Fancy File Podcast on Facebook. And if you need to, if there's any questions you have, uh, any thoughts you want to share, you just want to reach out. If you want us to shout out where you're from, we'll do that. Yes. I would like to shout out one person in particular. I would like to shout out to Daniel, who edits our podcast. Thank you, us. Daniel. Thank you. It's a an important job that I don't want to do. So mm-hmm. you yeah. are doing a good work, and yeah. we appreciate it. We value you. Yes. Never, ever, ever, for whatever reason, do not acknowledge. <laughs> I was going to go down the office route. People who work behind the scenes, never forget them. They work hard, especially in the church. The church is full of people who work behind the scenes. We go to a church and we praise the pastors and we'll praise the deacons and the good-looking musicians. They're not so good-looking. They don't get as much praise. But, hey, that's our culture, right? Look, Unfortunately. You, you chose the bass. What? Yeah. It was on you. <laughs> uh, oh, but we man. forget all the people who work behind the scenes. Uh, even the prayer warriors, they're working behind the scenes as well. Mm. Fighting the unseen realms. Everyone, I just lost a whole bunch of Calvinists right there. Anyways, my, my apologies. Um, so we have started a while ago, a series in revelation, uh, the seven churches, there are seven churches that are mentioned. Uh, we did the first and the second, and now we're at Pergamum Pergamus, depending on what translation you have. Uh, we will allow many translations, just we're not so fond of the message Bible or the passion translation. Now I just lost the charismatics or the good news Bible. I don't know who we lost there, but we lost somebody. Some person. Somebody who was really from into, the 80s. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, now, we. <laughs> what is going on here? Okay, I'm going to get Mick to read. Uh, we read all of the chapter, not all the chapter, but uh, the volume of what we needed for this. I, I'm just going to get you to read Revelation uh, chapter 2, verse 13. All right. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Yea, you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Anipus, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. Okay, so 
the Lord Jesus here starts with, I know your works and where you dwell. Again, we are reminded that Jesus knows all about our church, what we do, and even where we're situated. Now, that's important to remember. Uh, not only, like, I think it helps us for our faith, uh, but I, I do believe there are Christians out there who may feel that the Lord doesn't see them. Maybe you're in a church and you feel the Lord doesn't uh, see your church. You Maybe you feel he doesn't know your circumstance, but he does. We saw in Revelation chapter 1 that he walks among the seven lampstands, candlesticks, depending on your translation, which represent the churches uh, that are being mentioned here. And I believe all throughout church history, the Lord sees, he knows, he's walking among your churches. Uh, he knows the work you do. He knows the struggles you're up against. And for this church, he knew that they were in a pretty hard place. Uh, Pergamos. We talked about it a couple podcasts ago. This was a center of pagan religious worship, demonic worship. Uh, so it would not have been an easy place uh, for a church to thrive in, right? In the Roman Empire, if you, it was common for them to believe in multiple deities. If you only believed in one, to them you were like an atheist. You're like an atheist. You, you, what, you don't believe in all these gods? And you would have some cities where there would be temples dedicated to specific gods. And Pergamus was known uh, as a place, a center of, of worship. And Jesus said, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And then later in the verse, he says, where Satan dwells. Mm -hmm. And this speaks to the, and I know that there will be difference of, of opinions regarding what all of this means. Um, because some people might actually say Satan actually will live there now we do know that Satan roams around the earth so did he have some type of headquarters somewhere maybe I don't want to be dogmatic on that he had a there summer might be, house was that? he had a summer house it, maybe he had Pergamus. a summer house but because you might you will get some Christians that might believe that you know this is where Satan where is throne? It says it's throne. So there's some type of seat of power here in this city. And obviously the fact that there were strong, demonic, pagan religions that were flowing from that city, so it would have strong, demonic influence. So no doubt that that city would have been under strong, demonic power. So imagine you're in a church in a city like that. And maybe for some of you listening online, um, Maybe you are in a city today because we don't know. This goes out through all, the whole world. Mm -hmm. You know, we think of ourselves here. We're in Canada. We're in the province of Quebec. And we typically think of Western culture. You don't typically have cities that are given over to entire pagan worship. You have people that will be. But you typically don't see massive temples of multiple pagan religions. But some places in the world you do. And you can imagine that in those cities how challenging it would be. And I've even heard of, of stories and testimonies of people in those cities where they're under constant attack, uh, not only physically, but even in a spiritual way. Unexplained sicknesses. like, And these are in places, and I can't remember, one of them might have been India, where, they're, where they are Hindu. So there's a lot of deities that they worship. And so... 
reading about or hearing about those Christian testimonies and how hard it is. So, you know, we always think about opposition in the natural, but sometimes in the spiritual, there is opposition. Uh, maybe even in Western cities, you're in a city where you feel like there's a heavy oppression, like there's no breakthrough coming. There could be some type of spiritual force that is um, hindering that. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Sorry, I lifted my hand up real quick. Um, when I went to a Bible study at my church last week, this lady, um, I don't know if she considers herself an evangelist, but she would do that through music. So she would go to dif um, different cities in North America to, I guess, preach the gospel to people through song. And she said that, surprisingly enough, people in New York City were very, very, very open. And when she came back to Quebec, she found that there was a, a bigger oppression in Quebec than in New York City. That was her personal experience. So maybe, maybe because we live here, maybe we don't feel it as much, but there might be some type of um, oppression that we don't know of um, because we're just used to it. But um, I know for a fact that when I went to Portugal, this was in 2016, I went before then, but the time that I went in 2016, I felt like a really heavy oppression. Um, I don't know if you guys know Portugal, if our audience knows Portugal, but it's a very um, Catholic-leaning country. And in the village that I was in, there might have been witches. There might have been, um, I know that the house that I was staying in at the time, there was all these statues of Mary and all these like, almost like a shrine in my bedroom. Like idol worship. Idol worship in my bedroom. So I had a really hard time falling asleep at night. So I think that there was a little bit of that and I'm going to be going this summer. So please pray for me, y'all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think some places maybe are a bit more, like you said, have like some, some type of a weight associated yeah. with it. Well, funny enough, I was discussing this with my sister this week uh, because she was asking me if I believed uh, in that whole uh, thing. And I told her that as a fan of cryptozoology, <laughs> it is something that, you know, I find very interesting. A lot of people who have had, claim to have had UFO encounters, were also people that were like super open to a lot of the occult. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like... And, like, I'm not going to throw any specific board games, you know, or whatever. But there are definitely board games. But there are definitely board games that people use. And although I don't think that that in and of itself is what opens it, I think people's disposition to their hearts of wanting that to happen is really what allows all of that. Yeah. But, right, like, you talk about that weight or whatever. Like, just when we went to Ottawa to to share the, the word through music and through the word, I guess, um, a weight was definitely lifted from just being here. Quebec is a horrible place to do ministry in. Horrible in the fact that it's difficult and that there's a history of abuse from, I'm going to use the word Christianity, but... Um, you can be a little specific. Catholicism. Yeah, it's Catholicism, but even, even, you know, English churches and mm -hmm. French churches that aren't Catholic, that have abused mm -hmm. in many ways their people, um, and so there is that weight. People are very against it. And I think the uh, 
demonic forces are definitely strengthening a lot of that abuse and using that as a weapon. Um, you know, there's a reason why there's a lot of like demonic things that happen in areas where witchcraft is very popular, you know, but we're in Quebec and we're like, well, witchcraft's not really a thing. But then you're like, actually, some people in their families have people that are open to that and sort of practice. Then you also have those people that will straight up say, wow, you're a Christian. You're an idiot. Anyways, lie down on this table and I'll realign your chakras with these crystals. <laughs> like it's it's just the same as mm-hmm. like it's witchcraft. Mm-hmm. It's the occult. And people are way more open than they think to it yeah. because yeah. I believe, you know, I believe that people want to worship mm-hmm. and in a place where you're made to believe that you can't believe in God because for some reason it's silly. Then you're going to find something else mm. and you're going to open the door to something else. Right. And you're going to let them right in and you're going to say, well, this is my God now because I need to worship. We're created to worship. Mm. And so whether it's in crystals, whether it's in, you know, voodoo or whatever, like people are just going to worship, mm. you know, and I think emotionalism has taken the place of God for a lot of people in Quebec and in North America, but it's not better, you know, mm. not better. I think, you know, historically, because Quebec was, was Roman Catholic, you do have a bit of like that religious oppression that exists here. And now, even though now it's not, the people aren't as relig- religious, but whatever is behind the scenes and I know we could really go in depth with this, but I, you know, I don't want to focus too much on it, but there is a spiritual realm. that we, we see that in the New Testament. Some people maybe think within the church world that that kind of just vanished. It, it hasn't changed. That spiritual realm still exists, and those spiritual forces still exist. And again, you, you hear stories, of testimonies of missionaries that go into parts of the world where you have these pagan type religions or or the type of witchcraft that exists and the things that they've seen uh to say oh no that doesn't exist well what do you do with these testimonies Mm -hmm. you know you that live in a secular culture you know that denies all this stuff and then you grow up in a church that denies all this of course you're gonna be like no none of this exists i'll just sit here comfy you know none of this is happening it is happening and if you don't believe us if you don't believe in north america that there can be oppression come to quebec Come to Quebec and try to do evangelism here. It's not easy. There aren't many born-again Christians here. Mm-hmm. We, we live in North America where there is a, a larger Christian testimony. And even within Canada, there is a, a decent-sized Christian testimony. We talk about crossing the border to Ottawa, which is in Ontario. And you go further in Ontario, and, and it's not uncommon to see signs on the side of the road praising Jesus. You see this in Ontario, oh, which yeah. is only six hours away yeah. from where we live by car. That's not far. But what a change. And that's not saying that Ontario is perfect or it's a, it's a Bible belt or, or that they have no problems. They have problems too. Mm-hmm. Okay, but here it, it's, it's different. And, you know, what, what do you do in that, right? What do you do in that situation, in that culture when, when you're there? And this is kind of like, what, well, maybe not necessarily what we're facing here, what they're facing, but any type of church that has, there's something prevalent in that culture, 
it can be very easy to compromise and go with it. And you did see that historically with Catholicism, where in many areas they embraced a type of, it was almost like a witchcraft, a paganism. Uh, sometimes you'll see that in Mexico, where there's like a mixing of Roman Catholicism with, with this. In Portugal. In Portugal as well. You know, so you were experiencing that mm-hmm. oppression. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's why you were experiencing it. Mm-hmm. There are forces that are there. And we have to be careful. And, and, that's, and this is what this church was dealing with that we're going to get into. We're going to see what they were allowing in. And, you know, that's why as a church, you have to, we have to be a praying people. Because it can be easy to focus on it, but it doesn't mean that there's no way out or that there's no hope, or that you're not going to find victory. There's always victory in the Lord. And we find that despite what they were dealing with, they held fast to Jesus' name. They did not deny the Lord. Uh, it, it, it says that in the verse. It says, you know, um, I want to find it. I know your works, where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith. Now, denying the Lord is a very serious sin. Mm-hmm. Matthew 10, 33 says, But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So standing for Christ, continuing to proclaim Christ, when everything is comfortable and easy, well, of course that isn't hard to do. If you're in an area, you know, where it's Christianity is cultural, and obviously that has its own problems as well, and we can get into that another time, but... It's a lot easy to stand up. It's easy to stand up and say, I'm a Christian and go door to door and knock on doors and tell people about the Lord when everybody in the town is considers themselves a Christian, where there's some type of born again, evangelical, fundamental church on every corner. It's easy to do that. But you try doing that when you live in a city of demonic religious worship, standing up for him can be very much of a challenge. Well, if you want an example of, you know, just the contrast even in north america with like quebec and everywhere else like in the u.s you know you can say in the states i'm a christian you know you can work in a school and proclaim you're a christian here i work in a school people know i'm a christian and their first response is and you work with kids oh that's a that's a bit weird really well because the first thing that comes to mind to a lot of french people is everything that's gone down with the catholic church right and they're like oh uh oh it's like immediately and so you come out as christian you might as well call yourself a pedophile in front of like everyone Mm. it's not fun and not a bueno tag to have on you right ouch but that tells you of the spiritual powers that exist that come into you know, we say they can manifest or influence people in the natural. Because in this in this specific city, in Pergamus, Pergamum, for those that really need to hear it that way, that oppressive power that exists behind the throne of Satan, where Satan dwells, caused someone named Antipas to die. That was a martyr. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, if you think the power of darkness is not a real thing and there isn't consequences. You can be in for a, a rude awakening because you can even face death. You can even even face mm. death. And that's what happened to this church. But the Lord commends them for it. This is a good thing they're doing. 
hey, you haven't denied the faith. You haven't denied my name. Even losing one of your members, Antipas, which actually means, his name means against all. He stood for Christ, even to the point of death. And Christ calls him his faithful witness. Again, bringing back that even though we're going to see that this church has problems, that there were faithful witnesses there. And that this church, in the face of that opposition, in the face of what they were dealing with, were coming out and saying, no, we're Christians. We believe in Jesus. They were not afraid to stand up for him. And that has to be something that we need to do. As a church, as churches, you cannot compromise. This is why we were going off last week um, on our last podcast about you know some churches that have the idea we can evangelize without talking about the name of Jesus. For me, that's a denial of him. That's We don't want to talk about him. The name of all names. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. There's victory in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And you don't want to talk about him? This church stood for him. In the face of death, they stood for him. So when it comes to churches wanting to do evangelism without actually sharing the gospel, um, which is kind of funny because, you know, in evangelism, there's the root word for gospel. But um, I think it's because historically there's been a this kind of empty evangelism of bring them in the church at all costs but then once they're in the church you don't really care for them you just they're just we're just in it for numbers and sadly our culture works very much in the pendulum way of like we did something one way for years we realized it's not that great or we've been doing it kind of wrong and instead of kind of bringing it to the middle they swing the other way of like well, I guess we might not, we won't even share the gospel and we'll focus only on the relationship, which is also a result of the prevalence of Christian counseling over the years. Counseling is for Christians and it is based on a relationship one-on-one with the counselor and the counselee. But you can't skip the good news in that. It's We counsel people through the Bible, through the good news. And so I think we've skipped a few steps if we jump over the gospel and we go straight for simply a relationship. Do I think that we should go out for coffee with people? You know, uh, yes, coffee's a decent uh, drink. But I also think that no one should, you know, none of the people we interact with should not know that we're Christians. And they should know what we stand for and... Uh, we should be open to asking them if we could pray for them if there's, you know, a situation and whatnot. Mm. We need to be a lot more intentional about yeah. uh, our faith. I think people like to, um, instead of admitting they're afraid, they'll cover it up and blame the past. Mm. Oh, the past, the churches in the past, you know, they would have massive crusades and and we'll, you know, we'll do a quick little prayer and everyone's saved. So I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go out and do whatever I want. But they're afraid. They're, they're, there's a genuine fear in being rejected. There's a stigma that comes with being a Christian. In Pergamus, the stigma was you might die. 
In our cultures, we'll get made fun of. We don't want to get made fun of because self and the glorification of self and promoting self is the most important thing you can do. Mm. So to talk about being a Christian, self's going to get put down. We also live in a Christian culture where persecution isn't talked about and is rejected. And of course, the great influence of the prosperity message where if you have the right confession, no problems will go along or, or come your way. So, yeah. I mean, how do we overcome that? Well, we talk about Christians need to, we need to be abiding in the Lord. You will be afraid. Do you think that these Christians were, were not afraid? Didn't have emotions? Do you think it was easy for them? No. Not at all. Why is the Lord, why are these letters written? Because people were struggling with things, right? But they were constantly encouraged. Do not deny my name. Do not deny my name. Look what the Lord says to this church. You did not deny my name. Even though we find out that there is compromise in this church, but yet one thing they didn't compromise on was the fact that they stood for Christ even when it meant them dying. And you'll have some Christians, you talk about going out for coffee, they'll go out for coffee, they'll, have, they'll be friends with somebody for years and years and years and never bring up that they're Christian, ever. And they'll, find, and they'll be shocked to find out that they go to church. Mm. That's a bit of a problem. And that's something that has to change. It has to. Because we're called to do it. And the Lord, if we stand before God, well, how come you didn't talk to people about me? Well, in the 70s, you know, the churches did this. Were you around in the 70s? <laughs> Were you in that community when this was going on and it was wrong? No. Okay, well, what's your excuse? Well, I read it in a book. Oh, which book? Well, a book by Pastor so-and-so who has 20,000 people at his church. Oh, really? Did you read it in the Bible? No. Hmm. That's interesting. You lose your reward. Mm. This is what's at stake here. Yeah. Look at all these people that you could have influenced. Nope. You didn't want to do it because you read it in a book. Deep down, but the Lord sees it. I say, deep down inside, you were afraid. And you knew you were afraid, but you justified it. Admit it if you have fear. I do a lot of track ministry. At times, it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. But I admit it to the Lord. I'm afraid to do it. And maybe you feel called to do it differently. Maybe you do feel more, I'm going to be missional. But actually living every day like you're a missionary and going out and, and preaching to people or sharing the word with people. But you're afraid. Admit you're afraid. Ask the Lord for strength. Ask Him for the Spirit to empower you. We believe He empowers. Give you the words when you... when. You feel like you don't have the words. And sometimes there is that lack of faith, you know? Yes, absolutely. When we think yeah. of... Uh, Good point. Is it... It's not Angels in the Outfield. Uh, but that's still a good movie. It's still good, but the whole um, build it and they will come. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Sorry, I was just thinking about Wayne's World, which has that in the second movie as a plot point. But this idea of like, no, like if you're prepared, you've bathed this, this in prayer... And, and you've studied and, and you're, you've prepared yourself to actually go out and share the word and to live as a Christian. Don't worry about the result. Hmm. Um, God will, will take care of it. But we need to take that step of faith, right? Um, it, 
in the word um so in french confiance which is trust has the same root as faith it's mm. to have faith in right like i trust you i have faith in you yeah. that's what it means yeah and to go out in in faith is that i trust that god is going to to do what god has says he's going to do Provide. and that is that he's going to save people mm. Amen. That means if there's 50 people in this room, if there's 100 or 1,000, or if there's three people who show up, God's going to do something. And we need to be prepared, just as Habakkuk was, where he goes to God and says, Lord, I'm preparing my heart for the answer that you are about to give. Mm, and wh what does God say in the next one? My answer will come. Amen. And But Habakkuk was ready to receive that the answer was not yet, but that it would come. And so... Amen. We need to do the same. Just remember this. If we're faithful to Christ in this life, and then we're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, in the next. So I think that's where we're going to land uh, the fancy file plane for today. We'll put that file back in the filing cabinet uh, until next time, uh, where we will pick up at verses 14 and 15. Wow. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, done this this one soon. So I hope that this was an, an encouragement for you. I am Greg DeScott, your host, along with Mick. Howdy. And Melanie. Bye. Thank you, and God bless. Bye.